Hello? Hello, Kerry Matsuo. Did I say it right? You did. <laughs> hi. I, hi, how are you today? I am terrific. <laughs> I am so happy to have you on the Mindful Educator podcast today because you are an expert in your field and you inspire so many other teachers and students. Well, that's that's an honor and a huge statement, but I mostly I'm just glad that at some point you and I cross paths. That's the best part of this. Oh, bless your heart. Well, me too. You always brighten my day when I see you at school. Well, saw you at school. <laughs> Should be past tense now. <laughs> well, let's tell everybody why you're on the show and who you are and what you do. Can you explain your job to us? Sure. Um, it changes a lot, which is one of the best things that I like about it. So I am technically uh, called a graduation mentor at Beaverton High School, Beaverton, Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, happens to be the high school where you work and where I graduated from back in the early 80s. So it's um, it's cool for me to be back um, working in the in a place that meant a lot to me. I had a good experience mm-hmm. in high school, so that's important. Uh, my job is I'm not, uh, I don't have a teaching credential. I am a classified employee, like an instructional assistant, but it's unique in that I'm assigned to supporting students that might be, um, uh, that might need extra support to get mm-hmm. to uh, cross the graduation line, to get to mm-hmm. the diploma. And mm-hmm. so sometimes that is, so I say a lot, this is a typical day. Okay, I'm helping you file a FAFSA or I'm um, helping you um, uh, log into something on the computer because it's funky on, on, um, that you need to get done, or we're looking at bigger pictures and, and trying to connect you with someone that can get you meals or a place to sleep. So it, it's big things and it's little things when it comes to supporting students. Right, and every day is different. Every hour would be different for you, right? It is, and, and it, it that can be frustrating, but it can be really awesome. It means that you really have to be a connected, you have to get really connected to who can help you with certain things. And in schools mm. that are really um, departmentalized, like a big comprehensive high school, that can be um, crazy. But it's also a comfort because then we typically do have people that can help, want to help, or, or it is their jobs to help. So it's also about finding them key places. But to mm. assume all the time that 14 to 18 year olds know how to navigate those um, departments, that's kind of where we come in. There are three of us at Beaver mm-hmm. High School, we kind of have different uh, focuses, uh, including one who focuses right just with ninth grade students. As you know, that's a big, um, we, we know that we need ninth graders to have a solid footing in high school. Mm-hmm. So they may need um, unique support. And then I intending to work right now with students that were in credit recovery classes and mm-hmm. were making up credits. And we know that for some reason they got behind in credits. And there's a lot to that from mm-hmm. academics, support, needing, uh, having deficits or even, um, gosh, illness or, um, uh, uh, you know, challenges in their family. There's a lot of reason kids get behind, Yes, uh, as you know. So mm-hmm. that's so my very- Oh, sorry. So how has your job changed since we've been uh, affected by COVID-19 and we're not even at school and we can't see our students face to face? Ah, It's frustrating because I'm sure you feel the same way. (laughs) 
the best part of dealing with bureaucracy structures, silos, <laughs> and departments mm-hmm. is running into wonderful, beautiful, amazing young people who remind you every day that really sometimes it's just about, you know, getting to the vending machine and getting some potato chips. And then some mm-hmm. days it's way like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my future? So right now, mm-hmm. it, I have found that the relationships that I built, um, the, every educator is going to say this, right? But the educate the relationships you build with the kids leading up to this has what uh, has helped me to be uh, able to still stay in contact with them, even though now we have some sort of barrier, I guess you say, in between us. So whether it's the computer screen or email or or a phone or texting, whatever it is, that um, that kind of piece, we can't just be together naturally in community. And so that's really, really hard because mm-hmm. I really am focus on kids and and looking at them and not and really not trying to make uh, up all these things about and judge about and oh this is this this is this no just this is where we're at now and Mm -hmm. that's easier to do face to face so um i find myself doing a lot of texting i'm really comfortable i've always been comfortable you know i might get in trouble for this but i give out my (laughs) i give out my texting (laughs) cell phone number all the time Mm -hmm. and i've never in all my years working in high school have never haven't had a student abuse it and uh you know and so i i think that um you know maybe someday i'll I'll, it'll come back to bite me but so i get a lot of texts i get um i get messages um from an email and um through canvas so i'm lucky Mm -hmm. that way so the difference is that we have some sort of a barrier between us making it harder but the, the 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 things that are the same or is that is that it was the relationship and that they know who i am i kind of know who and where they're at and 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 want to still stay connected yeah so it doesn't sound like you're having an issue connecting with the majority of your kids is that right i wouldn't say the majority the ones that i had really strong personal relationships with, which I tried to be, you know, all my caseload, Mm -hmm. um, I have been able to check in and they'll respond because, because I think because of that trust and that I'm just checking in. And if there's something bigger or, 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 you know, that I can connect them with. But so for the most part, I've had good connection um, since Mm -hmm. school's been out. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. There are a lot of teachers, it sounds like, are having trouble um, connecting with the kids. Either the kids aren't um, doing the work on Canvas, therefore checking in, or they're not answering basic emails like, how are you? Yeah. Um, And it's sad because you worry about those kids you can't connect with. Like, why aren't they on the other end of this? Are they okay? Is their family okay? What's happened? And that's a scary part when you care about your kids so much. It is. It's scary. And then, of course, we're all sitting home alone, isolated, thinking of of all these things that could be going on. And and or we don't think about those things because our our my my world is pretty um, OK. My myself and my husband both have, are still working. You know, I have uh, uh, we're not sick. We have food in the home. So sometimes yeah. it's also like, OK, that place of community, the the place itself, school kind of brings, becomes the neutral ground of, I don't bring my stuff. I try not to bring my stuff. Mm -hmm. You try, I can't see your stuff of what's going on at home. We try to kind of meet in the middle somewhere, but Mm -hmm. that makes it really hard. Yeah. 
I've really been encouraged by how focused on family, our community, Mm. the mental, physical health of all of our people under that roof comes first beyond far and beyond the grades or the work. Yeah, I agree. One of the pieces that I, um, uh, 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 that part of my job is to be a coordinator for the community partners for Beaverton high school. And we have a really organized group. We're really lucky by being in the city, being in the middle of a city. Um, we are, are connected to a lot of organizations, faith-based organizations, partners that we have counted on for food, um, things like food, but mentorship and other things over, over the last few years. But man, because we had already been so connected and organized, we've been able to kind of keep that going. So um, the so food boxes, so uh, mm-hmm. personal care kits that the uh, one of the partners is collecting them all and other partners are helping them put them together. So starting next week, we're able to give out um, uh, bags. Uh, we're calling it personal care bags, but, but laundry mm-hmm. detergent, uh, soap, deodorant, things like that when they pick up the grab and go lunches. And that was an idea that was just like, well, how can we get stuff out to people, mm-hmm. kids, families? They're not even necessarily Beaverton families and they don't have to be. Yeah. But they're our community, right? They're our neighbors yeah. and they're our folks. So um, they're more than welcome. So that's going to start next week. So I have, I, I have been doing meetings and working on things like that for, for community partners, but man, they see nonprofits that this is what they do. This is their bread and butter. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And our bread and butter is teaching and learning and we're providing other services and it's good to have other partners to lean into to help with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, in a sense, even though Beaverton can be a very challenging place to work because of the extensive difference in demographics and socioeconomic and cultures, it's such a blessing to have all those things. And because we have such a high free and reduced lunch, we've needed all those community partners that you've mentioned for so many types of resources that it was almost a built-in safety net. We just had to put the pedal to the metal and and really amp it up. Yeah, that's a, actually, that's a perfect way to say it. I mean, we were kind of, we had been giving food uh, over 100, 150, I think, bags of food at Christmas, over winter break, excuse me, and then over spring break for families that were either homeless or we knew had a need for that food. So the systems were already in place. Yeah. Yeah. And it really gives me hope that we'll come out of this uh, better, you know, better people, a better society. And we know things like this either bring out the best in people or the worst in people or the best in a society, a society and community or the worst. And I still think the best far outweighs the worst. Yes. And this will just make Beaverton High and our community, like you said, a much stronger, closer knit um community. And even if you and I are in a situation where uh, we have food and our utilities and things that we need to get along, um, our hearts still ache and reach out for those of our students and families that may not have those things. Totally. And and on a day-to-day basis, that's what we as a group, as a team, as a school, we we like to try to do all of those things, but we all know that the day-to-day um, especially for you as a teacher with with the kind of the things that need to get done and the time schedules and things like that mm-hmm. really prohibit sometimes just stepping back and looking at, are you okay? I mean, when was the last time we focused on something that was just like, hey, are you okay? Right. <laughs> 
Right. It's too bad it took something like this to um, make such huge changes in the way we see and do things. But as long as we come out better for it, it won't be for nothing. And that's really what I think about is all the poor families and people who've lost somebody to this awful disease is we can't let them have died in vain. No, exactly. And the best, one of the best ways to honor them, of course, is to, um, is to make sure that the next generation, the young people are not only not forgetting about it and learning about it, but still being able to grow into what their, their future um, personhood is and um, be there to support them. Cause that's, that's what we all live to do. That is our bread and butter anyway. And there are other people that are worried about getting toilet paper on the shelves and, and thank, thank goodness our, our job is to worry about um, is to worry about kids and figure out systems to, to still help them. Yeah, because we know kids can't learn if their basic needs aren't being met. And in the high school, we see so many kids who can barely stay awake in class because they're so busy after school or maybe their family life is a little bit tumultuous and they can't focus on what the learning is, even if it's something fun. Exactly. And, and And we know that. We know from contacting our families that students are working more than they ever did because there isn't school. We know that kids are now doing full you know, full day shifts at, at the grocery mm-hmm. store or at the um, takeout restaurant or working for their folks and, and doing things that um, they would when they would normally be in school. So to assume that mm-hmm. all the kids are sitting at home and watching Netflix and on the computer, um, you know, filling in their their worksheets or something is just it's not fair. It's not accurate. No, and that'd be an interesting poll to take. I know I've had a couple students uh, email me about the job concern. Uh, like now I'm working full time yeah. and I don't have time to, you know, connect with my teachers and do the work. And she's working at a grocery store and I just thanked her for her service. Yeah. I mean, that's really, she's an essential worker she now. She's keeping the, other people alive. Yes, exactly. And the most important thing for me to her was that she knew uh, her health, her mental health and physical health came first. And if she wanted to engage in some of the things I'd posted because she found them helpful, fun, kind of therapeutic, she can do that or just let me know how she's doing. Yeah. And, you know, the kids... They, it, not, all of us are not really good at processing what's happening right in front of us, but we're talking about 14 to 18 year old young people having to process that. So her processing of, of getting up and going to work and doing her job, I mean, the kids, they do and they're seeing the front lines every day, but it will be really, really um, special and inspiring to see in the next year or two or six months and see how they reflect on this and, and how and where mm. to put them in their life. And that you, we, of all the things we say, um, you know, you should have an apprenticeship or an internship or, or oh, uh, these quote unquote <laughs> real life experiences. Well, yeah. we have these students who <laughs> right are literally <laughs> yeah. keeping people alive and uh, at their own risk. I mean, at their own yes. risk. So, and then their family. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm conscious of the kids. I'm so, so grateful that we are able to stay as one and that we didn't, you know, splatter out the day that school didn't school got out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that speaks to a culture and relationships. They're already you have to have them already there. 
Right. You know. So did you always want to be a teacher, Carrie? Well, it's funny because I thought that um I thought that I was going to be the great um newspaper uh journalist and travel wow. and travel the world and uh you know, I went to college in in the Bay Area and went to um mm-hmm. St. Mary's College and met my husband there and then he was the teacher coach. And so this was going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. He I would be married to an educator <laughs> and I would be traveling the world and uh, breaking these amazing stories, and uh, I love sports. I was sports editor of, of at um, high school and at college, and so I was like, oh, you know, this will be amazing. I'll be in these. I'll be in the Chicago Bulls locker room, and I'll be da 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 da. So instead, I'm spending Friday nights watching the football game that he's coaching at high school, right? And I'm spending Saturday mm-hmm. nights at the at the eighth grade dance, and I'm spending. <laughs> <laughs> right so I began to really fell in fall in love not only you know obviously with him but what what he did and what we did and really began to see that as something that we did together so I never I never really got a teaching credential so I've done different things mm-hmm. I've been hovering around schools you could say uh all, always <laughs> I mean I have like literally done everything I've worked in the cafeteria I've done these different things and then finally one time I would go on um field trips the principal would call me to go on field trips to kind of hang with certain kids um that and Mm -hmm. they don't even get it like well you don't have a kid in this class i know um so eventually (laughs) it's like i don't know why don't you have you on the payroll so eventually that's exactly what happened so i started working at rock creek elementary as an ia and special ed and just love that love that love that love the kids loved (laughs) oh just just went to you know we love going to their soccer games and we just love all that we Mm -hmm. love that piece of 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 community and young people um and then my uh, the hours got cut at Rock Creek and mm. I uh, went over to Westview and that's where it kind of opened up my whole eye. Oh, everyone's like, oh, the high schoolers. Oh, gosh. What are you going to do when they, <laughs> when they what are you going to do when they talk back to you? And I was just like, oh, you mean we don't have second graders that talk back to us? <laughs> You know, that no more than us. And, and, and it's just like, God, I really mm-hmm. was shocked that people would be, I don't know. I just, they were just like, I could never go to high school. Really? You have one. One lives in your house. <laughs> I mean, um, so, so I ended up really, really, really taking to high school and and the young people and kind of where they're at and people are like oh you know and i'm like they can do stuff on their own here's the thing you don't have to yeah. help them or remind them to go get their clothes i mean you're you're in a totally different situation but yet they're still young people and they're still students and they're still beautiful and so um mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. and then ended up over at Beaverton. so i'm in education but not a teacher well, you are so inspiring. I don't think you need the title. I mean, it's obvious how much you love, love, love kids and what you do and trying to make their lives more successful. And my my next question, I think I could answer it after hearing you talk, but I was going to ask you what inspires you the most about your job and what do you find most mm-hmm. challenging about it? Um, my, my, the, well, the most, is, uh, the hope is what is the inspiration. I, I'm, um, I, I truly believe, and I come, my husband and I come from this as we look at education, is that the kids are gifts and that there is, I don't necessarily say you have a purpose for being born. That's like putting my view of what you need to be on them. You are who you are and I get to be around you while you figure that out. 
And if you look mm, too deeply mm-hmm. into that and start looking at compliance and grading and lining up and and mm. you kind of go, gosh, some of those things are really silly. If the ultimate goal is to have a human kind of grow up into an adult human and and be mm-hmm. change the world or be the world to someone else. And and um so I've always been really, really connected to the kids that are not standing in line. Um, mm-hmm. not, you know, right, right away, <laughs> you know, there used to be this kind of saying it on the first day of school, like they would say what kids would end up with Carrie and then they would be the note, they would know the kids. And those were always my favorite. I mean, the questioning and the, the um, asking and the, and the like saying why is can be frustrating Mm -hmm. for teachers i get that it's hard to but but what the whole point is to at least honor them and say that's a great question or let's work on that later or you are right but that's not this isn't the time like constantly making sure they know Mm -hmm. that what they're who they are is not wrong sometimes timing (laughs) but you know that's an adult skill and that's an adult construct so Mm -hmm. so i i've just always been inspired by kids that just are being themselves and not because they're the funny ones or the whatever it's just that it's okay to be you and if you want to just play hide and seek for me or if you think or you want to come in every single day i have a senior right now that every single day and i fall for it i used to fall for it every time like i can't can't figure out why my computer won't work because every day when I wasn't looking, she's unplugging the keyboard, right? So, so I, which, oh my gosh, I'm just like, oh my God, we're not in grade school, but she's over there laughing. And I thought, you know what? <laughs> she wins. And I'm, I'm like, you can't, I mean, why not? It's, it could be so yeah. day to day. So the challenges then, yes, the challenges become that as much as I am, um, I am uh, paid by and appreciate a system and a structure. It is the system and structure that sometimes make me bananas. And the challenges are Mm -hmm. um, that (laughs) humans don't grow in 90 minute or 30 minute increments and um and then lunch and then a couple more increments i mean that's just it doesn't and so my usually what happens is that i like to really 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 be known for and give grace to the kids first and a lot of times mm-hmm. people in mm-hmm. structures see the structure before they see the students and so when you cling yeah. to that you're probably going to be someone that i consider challenging when you start with the students say how do mm-hmm. we work into this or does this also show that they learned this or does this also show that they know that they weren't uh, mm. didn't mean to do that or hey does it also show that they're a young person and their brain isn't formed they make mistakes so right. uh, my challenge is often um uh, uh other adults, to be honest, in systems that are, adhere to, systems, mm-hmm. to to the system and that the, uh, the success mm-hmm. and being uh, successful as a human being is based on this structure. And while it might be a good guide and there's some really good things to it, it's just not the reality. Right. And I think uh, you've really hit the nail on the head about the systems and the structure. And I've been thinking for a long time how there's so much pressure, even on our administrators from a level above them. And then there's the community pressure, the state pressure, the national pressure of what education is 
has become and they think should be, which is basically everything to everyone all the time, yeah. all day long. Yeah. So we're we're nurse we're nurses we're counselors we're you know if there's an active shooter we're the front line person I mean we've become everything to everybody and oh by the way if you have right. time could you teach me right math? and by the way we're gonna grade you <laughs> right on that. so by the way your kids didn't hit that okay. so um, <laughs> right and and the the yes. so that when you really think about that I think in in future generations gonna go gosh that was just absurd you guys that was absurd. <laughs> Yeah. And I think when you're living in it, sometimes it's hard to stop for a moment and even think this is insane. We we should not do this. Right. You know, it is because right. you're so stressed out. And that's the thing I've seen the difference in, I think, in me since we've not been able to be around each other at school is I've always felt like, I mean, school just made me nuts for the same reason yeah. as you. And I'm there because of the kids and I love them dearly. And I just see them all as like, you know, when babies are born and all they yeah. are is opportunity and potential. I, I still see our high Absolutely. school kids that way. You know, they're just full of Absolutely. undying potential and and we're killing each other in these 30 to 90 minute periods running like rats. And we don't even know which no, way is up anymore. You know, then we tend to, because then we need, like you said, from the levels on down, we need them to perform to this task. And then, and then when we mm -hmm. look at it and go, Oh my gosh, this is what we've broken it down to that. You have to do this to show this, that is that what, learning mm -hmm. teaching and learning has come down to and um our really good friend um shanna Derry, you know at beaver high school i've really enjoyed getting mm -hmm. to know him this year because we we have a class together and um he's talked about school is this place where why aren't we just spending the day taking things apart and putting them back together <laughs> like and yeah math to yeah. document it and language and um, arts and uh, to talk about it and um you know and to communicate mm -hmm. about how you would do it and the science behind it and you know i think um i think about that all the time um because uh that in the end and uh, is what the kids need and then in the end i wonder if that this time bring it kind of back to where we are right now if this time of coronavirus school closure if we get to focus a little bit more on that Oh, yeah, I think totally. I Even before this happened for years, my husband and I, who were probably in school about the same time you were, I graduated from high school in yes. 83 and he graduated in 78. And, and it's not just the old people saying, well, back in the good old <laughs> days, but when we were in high school, we got to take and try everything. And all those everythings were real life things you're going to have to do when you're living on your own, yeah. right? It was home ec. How do I read a recipe and cook? Sewing. What if my button falls off? How do I yeah. put it back on? Auto shop. How do I change my, you know, oil in my car? And on and on and on it went. So by the time you graduated high school, not even college, you could pretty much live in an apartment exactly. and not die because <laughs> you knew what to do, right? right? But now our kids don't know how to yeah, do they don't. any of and that stuff. It's really interesting, as you know, that there are people that say that's fine. That's not what uh, my my child's school day should look like. My child's school day should look like this. And 
um, we have morphed towards that. I worked at Westview High School for years and, and my son graduated from there. And, you know, it, doesn't, it wasn't built with any areas like Beaverton and Aloha and Sunset for, to even have shop or, mm-hmm. or, or any, you know, because mm-hmm. the philosophy was we're all college prep. Well, everybody, that education of college prep is still very important. There's no question about that. But that should have included career prep mm-hmm. and life prep. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Exactly. They should go hand in hand. And we've, and we've only gone to one side because everything like we're talking about, all the electives yeah. had to be cut. <laughs> and that's probably why we're not teaching yeah. life skills anymore because God forbid they know how to live on their own yeah. as long yeah. as they and can go to college. Everything and how that yeah. worked out for us. <laughs> Right, right, especially right now. So my hope hope is that people are home and they're home with their families and they're they're doing all these things together because they have the time and the opportunity. And hopefully they're also seeing, like we're hearing a lot on the news, that um, a lot of the people who work in these jobs, they're the ones keeping us running, keeping us alive. It's it's really the infrastructure of our world. The lessons that they will get from that are... (laughs) amount to way more than 12 years of, of our kind of institutionalized learning. Um, and, and that, you know, then mm-hmm. with some of the other basic skills that we do give, that you do get from math and science, knowledge, that's what we call wisdom, right? When you mm-hmm. kind of put it all together and mm-hmm. you don't have to, it doesn't have to be relevant. Mm-hmm. That would be like saying that you can't learn unless you experience it. And we know that thought, uh, that's a piece of learning, but we know that that's not a- absolutely the bottom mm-hmm. line. We want you to teach, we want to teach you how to keep learning and if this doesn't if if you see people that are just stranded like standing in their homes like what do i do with all of these things well where have we taught you to mm-hmm. even begin tinkering i mean do you know how to turn on this do you know heat will do this to this do you know <laughs> right <laughs> exactly yeah so do you think there's the potential for education to be restructured after this so and restructured and for the better? Why? Because I have, because I kind of tend to focus in the career in college and uh, end of the four years at in high school. So future you and what happens beyond that and what you do, you know, after June 15th of your 12th grade year. Um, I believe that this is going to be a wake up call for a lot of colleges and universities and June and community colleges and what it means to kind of be um, um, be a member of a society based on who the gifts and the things that you have and that our traditional ways of doing things mm-hmm. don't have to be the way, that way. So, for example, I had a great conversation with a parent last night. Um, my student is trying to decide, my 12th grader is trying to decide between these two colleges. Um, and, and this, there's a huge, we could do a whole podcast on that, but, 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 the okay. being, you know, do we pay for an experience? Are we paying $50,000 a year for a traditional, let's say traditional college experience, or do we go to, to community college to get the same skills? Um, and, and, and that conversation mm-hmm. only came about because of COVID-19 closure. So that kind of recognizing, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, wait a minute. Yeah. You know, I do want to go to the football games and be on campus in a beautiful fall. The leaves are falling and I have all these new friends and life, you know, I'm grappling with these great questions of life. Um, But, but Mm -hmm. do I pay $50,000 for that? 
So then, right, right? and then, right. but we all want to give our kids what they want mm-hmm. and their gift. They've earned that, right? They've worked hard during high school. So I, that, but I, I'm seeing people make decisions now. I'm getting a feel for people making decisions based on a new clarity about moving forward, that the next step isn't simply just mm-hmm. to go to college and then that will be the next step after that. So now it's the, it, there truly is more of an ending point, let's say in high school to look around and go, okay, there just are so many ways to go about this. Yes. Yes. And I'm lucky enough to have had a senior Beaver Lodge. Yeah. I guess I still have them remotely, but <laughs> but my my seniors will tell me yeah. they're not ready to go to college like emotionally and the skill level piece and the things they're worried about is not grades they're worried about um how to deal with their finances and this the yeah. FAFSA is making them crazy and they feel they're responsible for that and living on their own and and these are some of our what we would yes. call our brightest yes. and maybe uh, families, you know, who are very stable and their kids are freaked out and don't really want to go, no, but they're not right. going to tell mom and, and dad. The structure, is they've been compl- they have been able to be successful by being compliant to a system and structure. And, um, yes. and college yes. still has that, that system and structure. Don't get me wrong, but it's all these, uh, those other pieces. And if we haven't really taken them along with both of those things, then what, what have we given them for, for what is the point of being in pre-calc? Right. I mean, so, right. so I see the changes moving forward that I, I well, we're going to have to go through some, uh, some budget cuts. Let's just be honest. We know that economically speaking, we're going to have, well, there's some changes, you know, some changes for sure. And then that will mm-hmm. show what do we honor? What do we prize? What do we know? What do, what do we, uh, and mm-hmm. we haven't even discussed equity, right? So what, what do we as a right. school, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe we do recognize ourselves as a social center and start and, and fund it that way then. And say, mm-hmm. you know what, we were able to fill in these places mm-hmm. because we have a good, um, we have, we're a central, centrally located place. And maybe that is what education is, is making sure mm-hmm. they have a place to go to the, the, you know, the health center and the, and the, um, and food if they need it and, and fund that way and say, um, have a whole system mm-hmm. that works alongside teachers more, you know, funding more social workers and mm-hmm. more outreach yeah. and more, um, you know, college and career prep, prep type, getting you into apprenticeships and stuff. I I'm hopeful. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm hopeful. And I wanted to ask you too, do you see the concept of mindfulness, meditation, compassion working in our schools today? Or do we need more of that in our schools? I think that we need more of it in our schools. um, And I I mean, you're a big advocate, obviously. And and so um, you're doing that um, and you're helping people to, to, to make that happen. It doesn't necessarily have to be a, a, to me, that comes from, if that's like, you know, being present and take in and not uh, um, trying to, it's trying to just focus on where we are at that point, that is the heart of a connection to a student. And really, we sometimes use a lot of systems and words and new programs and new emphasis. But the bottom line is the mindfulness is being present with another person and that person, what they, what Mm -hmm. they are 
and what they need at that point is what we do. That is what we do. That's the heart of what we do. So yes. I wish that some of the pieces that our structure were less so that we could focus more on that and that the pressure of, but I need to get 30 grades in, or I need to get 30 kids through this level to um, also mm-hmm. would say to look back and go, man, not getting 30 kids through it, get you through it, get you what you need to get to, to understand this, get you what you need to understand this and, and having backup yeah. and resources so that you can do that. I find that I wish sometimes that we could be, I like, I really like that we have a mindfulness class. I, I'd like it to be more part of other pieces because that's learning anyway. And people make choices to, to, mm-hmm. um, to not be in a public school for a lot of reasons. And they might be because of, of religious reasons. And there's something really kind mm-hmm. of, special that they can incorporate um, faith and spirituality in their teaching because um, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not advocate, you know, you know what I mean? So I want kids to be, there's something to be said yeah. for taking mm-hmm. a deep breath on Fridays. <laughs> there's just something to be said for mm-hmm. being as, yeah. like being a community and sitting down and whether it's a service or whatever it is or, or um, but, but so I've always kind of been envious of that piece of their day with young people that that is as important as doing a math test well and that's honoring each other is just being human right and being and, and the way you were describing what mindfulness is i think what i was hearing you say is you know if you teach with compassion if you teach from your heart and if you have time and just are allowed to in some ways unless you're a complete rebel and it's like <laughs> i'm doing it anyway like you and me um then 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 that mindfulness class becomes so isolated Right. And I agree with you totally there. And when we first started hearing about uh, social emotional learning and what fit under that umbrella, I could not believe that these were things we had to teach because as humans, we used to do those things naturally, probably up until 1990. Right? right. Why are we having to teach right. how to connect with one another emotionally or recognize yeah. each other with empathy and hold space with compassion? Why is this non-existent? Yeah. Yeah. And that'd be a whole nother show, right? It's, well, these human traits no longer exist in a lot of our uh, generations least, naturally. What we need you to do is turn off those human traits between 730 and 230. You know, and, and that's, a, I mean, are we that yeah. way with our families? <laughs> are we that way with our folks? Are we that way with our neighbors? Right. You know, and so we say, you know, there's yeah. a real balance between making sure you honor and absolutely equity wise and culture and language and honor you, but can't, that's ridiculous to think we couldn't honor all students by simply just being happy that they're there. And that we're with them together that day and we're going to work yeah. on something. And, and maybe that's, I don't know, maybe that's not very realistic on a day-to-day basis with school. But if you think about it and you put it all, all those days back to back, and then it's the same thing. You ask the kids which classes they like, which teachers they like, which, and they'll say crazy things because you'll go, oh, but wait, you were getting in, you did really well in, in, in math. Well, that wasn't my favorite class. <laughs> but you were successful mm-hmm, at it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but maybe they didn't connect with the teacher, or they don't like the They'll subject that they needed to that graduate. Them for who they are, right? Every teacher, my favorite teacher in high school, yes, is one of the reasons I wanted to come back to Beaverton because I felt connected to the the message that she was giving because her room was where the was the was the island of misfit toys right where all the kids could hang out and i loved being in right. there and i loved how she honored them and so that was important to me but when you talk to kids about the impact it wasn't you know it wasn't a um math test right so so how do we teach compassionate teaching, compassionate education, and instill it in the kids who want to be teachers, who think they want to go into education. And then how do we instill it in people who've been teaching for 15 to 30 years? Not that they aren't compassionate, they are, but maybe they've been beat up so badly by the system that they're exhausted, they're fatigued, they just want to survive. And they have all that in them, but they just don't know how to get it out and also right. meet the and, requirements and of their job being successful or unsuccessful based on simply those, you know, certain principles. But, um, but so that's loaded. Let, I'm going to work with the kids that might want to be educators. How's that? So a lot of times kids, and this is a passion yeah. of mine as well. Our son is now um, working in special education. His girlfriend's a special education teacher. I mean, it, it might be the family business. Um, and that's okay because, because seeing what, um, what young people want to do as far as being, why they don't consider being a teacher or an educator is because of their own experiences, right? We always say that. We, we ourselves don't necessarily do a good job of showing our jobs as, 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 um, as essential. <laughs> So, so the kids think that, oh, why mm-hmm. do I want yeah. to do that? Teenagers talk back to you, you, you know, you'd have me in your class and I, you know, and, and, um, and, and I go, and I always say, yeah, but I was also in someone's class. So I know, I know you have newer toys, but we were still <laughs> passing notes and making fun. And, and no one is saying you can't like school, but also be a teen. No one is saying that. Right. And we were, you know, you kind of like <laughs> look at them and go, you know, we were kind of yeah. doing the same things. And, um, and, um, man, we were probably doing way worse, Mary, but, um, right. But, but I want them to look at the profession, <laughs> not as yes. like all these systems of things to do, but all these people that you get to be, uh, in their lives. And, and there they, you go. And they get into, you there know, you uh, Shelly Scott's running a fantastic program at Beaverton for, um, for, Teach, cadet teachers, as she's do, as she calls them, they go over to Vos Elementary School and they work with students. She's got so many boys in that class that ha- are. She said, "You you you wouldn't believe this. They're, they're different people. Their faces light up when they're around young people. They have their gifts can come out. Mm. They're always kind of looked upon in a certain way. Mm. Kids don't look at them that way, and so they have new life. And so so for yeah. the so for yeah. teaching compassion and teaching." Um, uh, mindfulness is about just honoring who you are so you can honor that in other people and kids know you know it kids know it right they see it they know and they mm-hmm. know. <laughs> they're very smart they're very smart <laughs> and just i think the compassionate piece is if you can look someone in the eye while they're talking to you and not interrupt them 
and allow them just to say whatever it is they need to say in that moment, holding that space for them. Exactly. They know. And young people tend to do that for other young people in many ways because they're not trained yet to provide the answer the minute the talking stops. Like they don't, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, I like that song too. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have to tell you that I saw it in this movie in in 1983 and I remember, you know, gosh, that's cool. You know, <laughs> right? They they don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just acknowledge so that I was hard. Yeah. You know, the hardest part, uh, uh, the hardest part about being not together. The thing I think about all the time is that the kids are really connected to each other, and the piece that that you know we can say over mm. and over again, like you know, these are the right things to do. This is how we do this. This is why we have this rule. But the bottom line, you know, why didn't you read your email? Well, they really who they're connected to is the each other. <laughs> and really when it, and you're in high school, I mean, what is yeah. more important than your friends? I mean, you, you see it, kids are, you know, what are you upset? Oh no, I I'm, you know, I'm okay. But my friend is having a really hard day. Her dad walked out last night, da, 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 da. They mm-hmm. feel it. And that's the same. They, they, I think they fear being a teacher, not because you, you know, they fear that like, like they can't be a part of that, that you have to go, okay, but now everyone sit down. You know, and they're not like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God, Mary. No. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're the best part. I miss them so much, and it's it's almost hard to. Well, when you teach in a relational way, right? When you partner with your students, um, in a in a. Yeah. A appropriate way is what I'm saying, but your partners with them, you're not the one who's just dispensing info and you want them to regurgitate it back up and okay, I'm done next class. But, but it's always, I wonder how they're going to come in today. I wonder what their needs are today. I wonder how they're feeling today. And then partnering with them, you know, to me, I use band as just the vehicle to help support and nurture whoever walks in my room it doesn't you know that's what it's for it's not about winning the contest and all that and having the brand new instruments and all that stuff it's about the kids and what does it do for them and how can I help them and so that's the part I miss is I can't see their little faces and connect with them and have these conversations. And it's it is. very isolating it is. right I now, even for teachers. On Twitter was, it was so, I retweeted, it was so funny, so cute. A uh, teacher was saying, you know, here's how I have my glass, uh, a Google Classroom out, uh, office hours, you know, and I'm, on, I'm in the Google Classroom from, you know, 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. to 11 a.m. And one student comes in and pops in, you know, it's kind of the same student all the time. And I asked her, does she, does she do all the office hours? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. Because you know, the teachers are so lonely. No. <laughs> are you there? That's great. We are. Why don't we wrap up with a couple of questions and we'd love Perfect. to have you back on the show to talk about more of these topics, which are really deep. There's so much to them to unpack. So yeah. Great. So my final question for you would be if you had a magic wand, <laughs> how would you or what would you do to give the educational world a gift? Oh, okay. So this would be this if I had a magic wand, this would be the gift I would give to every educator. It would be some sort of eyeglasses 
that would be uh, from which the student's perspective is taken into account in the words and actions of our daily lives of our of our school lives and and what i mean by that is people people oh you have to have an equity lens yeah i think that people in general like are trying to be better about things but they're not they just because it's a mandate mm-hmm. and so the lens that i would if magically put on is say um and we're we're learning we're getting better as educators but to to have those glasses on that right away would say okay this makes sense but do, but right away it would show in the corner um in the upper right hand corner mm-hmm. this might not work on this day for this people for these folks and um this is not how they s- might see this so mm-hmm. my magic wand would deposit a pair of glasses with that lens mm-hmm. of seeing truly what school um, is like from a student's perspective. Mm. And that could be everything from equity and culturally uh, being culturally responsive, but it can also be like, do you realize you just gave 16 directions in one minute Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) to a 15 year old? I mean, so sometimes I just want to go, Hey, hold on. So, I, yes, we're trying, you know, uh, trying to teach skills and time management and working through and getting things done. You know, make your plan, work your plan, plan your day, work your, you know, we get that. We're prepping, right? But, but really what you just said, I, I've sometimes been a guest in classrooms when I'm helping a student and we look at each other. And I'm like, I don't know. And, and it's not like a, a fault of the teacher, right? No. The teacher has it perfectly in his or her head. Mm-hmm how this is going to work You're right and because there's only and a lot of times it's because there's only so much time right, right. so i'm going to give you 15 directions because you got to right. get this done in five minutes let's go and then some people are going to get all 15 and then some people are going to like you lost me at get your planner <laughs> and, well, and, and we it, know how that feels when we're in staff meetings at the end of the day thank you exactly and 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 so it's not no it's not a fault it's a human characteristic but sometimes just on it like like to remind ourselves to kind of um, scaffold things and 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 work from the student to to take into account the student that might need the most for whatever reason mm-hmm. um, to to slow down I'm sure all the kids would benefit from it as well. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, this has been so fun to interview you. Yeah, on thank show you. Today. Well, you're welcome. And I hope you come back and we can pick another topic and see how things are going in a few weeks. I would love to. I would love to um, just just connect with you again either way. And I think that um, I really want you to know how much you're appreciated for your lens and your work at school that is kind of sometimes everyone wants it to be side by side Mm-hmm. with our school work and our and our goals as a school but the bottom line is it's a cultural piece and it's about who we are and yeah. that mindfulness is that that presence and that honoring is just who we should be doing with young people what we should be doing with young people every day so thank you oh well thank you i appreciate that very much carrie well I look forward to talking to you again. I wish I could see your face, but this will just have to do. This was cool. 